Yo, yo, what's happening, everybody? I said, what's happening, everybody? Hey, hey. I'm setting myself a stopwatch. Y'all don't want me to get crazy up here. Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Y'all excited to be here? That's mediocre at best, honestly. <laughs> Subpar, if I do say so myself. Hey, I'm Justin Free. If I don't have the chance to meet you, or if I haven't had the chance to meet you, uh, I want you to do something. We never stream, uh, but my wife is at home sick right now. But she's watching online. Will y'all give it up for my beautiful bride, Emily, online? Love you, boo. I wish you could be here. Uh, but on that note, I have a couple of announcements. Last week, we announced that we're having a baby. That's right. Carl. I'm just kidding. 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 But how about these sneakers? Come on. All I can say is the, the girls have like the bows and like the dresses and stuff. The dudes got to have some kicks. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we got to go shopping for some shoes. Uh, but hey, so when y'all take summer break, be thinking about us. I know you will. Uh, but when you come back for school, September, early September, we're going to have a baby. So when you start elevation next semester... Little free gonna be here, so uh, man, we are excited about that. But speaking on next week, I want to I want to let you know next week we will not have service. Next week, take some time, go home, see your family. You've neglected them. I'm here. They called me and said, "Hey, can you send my kid home?" Uh, they actually didn't say that, but go spend some time with your family. Say hey to them. Go to the beach. How many of y'all going to the beach? Oh. Yeah, that's stupid. That's real dumb. Uh, okay. How many of y'all just going to stay here and get in the Word? Like, just, just feel your... Okay, okay. I get it. I get it, I get it. Well, tonight, I want to start with this. We are talking about the topic of racism. If you came ready, I'm glad you're ready. If you did not come ready, Welcome. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to talk about racism tonight, and I'm, I'm going to let you know I'm going to start from the front. Uh, I am not perfect. Uh, what I say, I'm doing out of love. I'm going to try to challenge where I can challenge, but I'm also going to bring life from Scripture. We're going we're gonna to head this thing. We're, we're going to talk about it and meet it head on because I, I feel like the church needs to. And what I have control over is elevation. And so that's what we're doing tonight. This has been months of preparation. The things that I've been praying for, specifically for tonight, have been that we have a good understanding and a well-rounded picture of what racism looks like. And then I've been praying specifically that everybody in the room would be, would, that the Lord would speak something specifically to you. Because the title of my message tonight, and this is no coincidence, is Unity is on Me. Unity is on Me. And I want to focus on, and I want to, I want to just focus your perspective on, if we are to achieve unity today, each one of us has a role to play. Each one of us. Y'all got to row all the way over to the wall. Oh my gosh. I'm like, if I turn around, I'm just talking to this row over here. Rolling deep, I like that. 
But hey, we're going to talk about this thing tonight, and I'm not apologizing. We're going to head on in, but I'm asking you to buckle up. And I don't want you thinking about, man, I, I hope somebody gets this. I, I hope that Doug is here. I don't want you thinking about Doug. I want you thinking about you. I want you, I want you taking your perspective from something or someone else and allowing the Lord to really search our heart and do something in us tonight. Y'all ready? I'm going to pray for us. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. I think, although it doesn't speak a lot about racism, God, I'm thankful that your heart is clear in how you love and value people. And God, that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to, I mean, we're going to go as deep as we can in 35 minutes, maybe 45. I don't even know. But Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you be here tonight. Uh, We invite you in here. And Lord, we give you permission to do whatever you want. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want to start with a scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. It says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and the God of peace will be with you. If you want to know God's heart, God's heart on this topic specifically, stare at this verse and read it every day until your heart begins to understand the heart of God. This, heart, this message is very clear on how we approach the people around us every single day. And I, this last year, as, as I take a, I don't, I don't journal, but if I were to journal, if I flip through those pages... One word seems to have defined this last calendar year as divisive and disunified for a lot of reasons. You start out with COVID this time last year. How many of y'all, March Madness was, eh, no. They said canceled, and all the guys were like, oh, man. How many women, just basketball fans in the house? Okay, I'm I'm with y'all. We're going to have it this year, praise God. But COVID arrived last year, and they were like, you better not even go in your house with your family. And your dog, they have it. Put it outside. <laughs> you didn't know whether your cat was COVID-free or like... We, how many of you remember just how uncertain you were at every single turn? There, there wasn't people outside for like a month and a half. And then all of y'all were like, ah, it's not a big deal. And then so, COVID, COVID came, it was serious for a little while, it is still serious, I'm not joking. But then the politics entered the scene. How, how early do politics normally start? I felt like it was all year. I'm not even going to go into politics, but that was, can someone say, divisive. And then what I think was the most disunifying, the biggest unity killer in our culture last year, was this topic of racism. And for so many reasons, this is the biggest unity killer that we faced last year. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of my heart over this last year and what I've walked through to hopefully give you some perspective on why today we're talking about racism. So last spring slash summer, like when all of this began to start, we, I, we're, we're in a life group, my wife and I, we have all of our leaders on our leadership team. Uh, so many people in our life 
And when all this started happening, uh, spring to, to early summer, George Floyd, all the things that, that started happening, you see it on the news, you knew it was real. And if you didn't, you were mistaken. And so we end up walking through summer, and we're, we're, a lot of you, if I, could, uh, if I could just tap into your mind a little bit, you were probably wrestling. Some of you, having experienced racism before, were like, this is it. I'm tired of it. We're standing up. And some of us were like, I don't know what to do, but we're, that's, where, that's where I was. So I'm processing with Amir and John at the church and Pastor Rick. We had leaders on our team. And man, I'm just saying, throughout last year, I knew we needed to do something, but I didn't know what it was. And I'm, I'm processing, I'm having conversations. And I said, I, I want to do it, but I know I, I don't want to just get up there and say something. I want to have something from the heart, and I want to know it's from the Lord. And so really, all semester went by. All, all fall, August to December, still nothing. Some of you were questioning, I mean, what's going on? Do they, like, does the church care? Yeah, they care. We, didn't know, we did not know what to do, specifically me. So we finish the semester. We have a Christmas party. We have Christmas. You guys are all at home. We come back. January 6th happens, uh, the Capitol riots, for those of you who aren't familiar with the date. The weekend before we have our uh, leadership retreat. And that day, the Lord started stirring in me something I didn't quite I didn't, I didn't know what the Lord was doing, but He was breaking my heart and stirring my heart for the people that I was connected to that had been affected by all of the dis- divisiveness and the disunity on the topic of racism. So we show up to retreat. A lot, some of our leaders are in here. Uh, and we just had an open discussion. We'd, we didn't plan it. We actually changed the calendar all together, and we just sat down and we said, hey, what are we, let's just have it. Let's, let's talk about it. And I'll tell you what really changed for me after that conversation in these last two months is I've been wrestling with the Lord weekly, almost daily, having conversations with people across the coffee table at Zateo. I see a lot of you there. But the Lord began to break my heart. And, and the one thing that I remember is that the Lord said, and it's the verse that Jania shared earlier. She said, are you waiting for the sheep to come back to you? I was like, duh. <laughs> like that's, I felt so stupid in the moment. Because what if, what if Jesus would have just said, well, they don't need me to go after them. Like, they can, they'll come back. Where would we be? Where would we be if Jesus would not have come after us in our brokenness, in our sin, in everything that we've been chasing to grab us and bring us back? And right then, right there, I don't remember the exact day, but over this last month, the Lord has been breaking my heart. And I've had, I've had two, Sonnesses. 
the haze. Turn it off. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've had two conversations with people and I've just... I told Janine before, I was like, you better pray I don't weep like a baby up there. I, I just had to tell him, look, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about. I can't do anything about everyone. But what I can do is the people that are a part of our flock. I can love them well. And I had to sit across the table and I had to say, look, I didn't do it. It's the pride inside of us that says, man, there's nothing wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong. It doesn't matter. Man, I knew that there were people in our ministry that we called family on our leadership team that were hurting And yeah, I didn't know what to do. But I didn't love them well. I didn't sit down and have coffee. Man, I hope this is good. Y'all just watching me cry up here. <laughs> it feels good though. So the reason tonight's happening... is because I want our ministry to be good at loving people. Even if it doesn't, even if it's not perfect, even if my notes up here, you may not get anything out of this other than, man, I got to love people good. I don't care what they're walking through. I don't care if I agree or disagree with whatever's going on. Man, if they're hurting, I'm going to love them. So as we jump into this, I know that some of you have really been hurt. And I just want to say on behalf of our ministry and our church, if it's been because of something that we have or have not done, I'm sorry. It's never our goal. It's never our agenda. That's never what we've intended to do. But will you please forgive us? I look around at so many faces. Oh man, I've unintentionally probably let down at some point. I'll probably do it again sometime. 
But man, please, thank you for the grace as we've learned, if we, as we've tried to figure this out. Thank you for the grace as, as, as we've walked through this season and tried to figure it out the best we can. But one thing that we're going to do is we're going to love you well. I mean, I'm commissioning each one of you to be a part of that effort. To love people. I don't, I don't care what you justify or unjustify. Just love people. And that's really this last, this last year for us. Emily's at home probably not crying like this. She's probably throwing up, but I feel you, girl. But that's, that's as much from the heart as I can get. That's why tonight I'm excited to speak on this topic. Should it have been done earlier? Maybe so. But it's happening right now. So I want you to know that unity is on me. On each of us. Each of us has a role to play. Each of us has a part. Some parts look way different than others. And that's okay. But unity is on me. So I want to dive in really quick. We're already really far into this. But I want to, I want to define and I want to look at racism. What it is. Because if you're anything like me over the last year, what, what happened is some of us has a good, a good well-rounded picture of what racism looks like. We have an understanding of what it is. Some of you have walked through. Uh, and, and been a, you've experienced racism, and then some of us just have this overarching idea that it's, man, I, I, I got friends of a different race than me. I've got black friends and Asian friends and people of color. I've got all of them. But racism is not just hate. It's a lot of different things. And so we're just going to, I'm going to talk about them. I'm not looking for any affirmation. I'm just going to open the book, and we're going to look at it. And I'm going to let the Lord search your heart and let him reveal to you the things that he wants you to work on, to open up to him. So I'm just asking that you in your chair tonight be open to what God wants to do. Y'all with me? Okay. Can I have some of that water? Praise God. Okay. All right, so some of you may say, I don't hate people. That's one version. Some of these other, and Amir, for three or four hours, we sat and mapped this out. I didn't even know what microaggressions were. But that's another form in how racism plays out. So it's these, the correct definition is indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination. And I'll give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. Uh, you don't talk like you're black. Okay. Uh, you're the whitest black person I know. You're Asian and you're not good at math? My dad has probably said that. Like, I'm just saying, we say things without even thinking through what we're saying. And it's not a bad, I'm just asking you here, I'm not, I'm not trying to shame you or condemn you. I'm just letting you know there are things that even I think because of where I've grown up, 
and we're going to talk about this later, and the people I was around, they're just part of what we say and what we think and what we do. But I'm asking you to allow the Lord to pinpoint different areas in your life. Here's one that's not necessarily connected to race. But when we get married and I walk into my house and the dishes are loaded up in the sink, I'm like, babe, you're going to do all this, right? Microaggressions. Another way is our prejudiced thoughts. And I'll I'll let you know that I would guarantee, as I've been wrestling with the Lord and praying and seeking through this, I know that every single one of us in here, a person of color or not, we have a little bit of racist, discriminatory prejudice in us. I guarantee it. Because of the way we've been brought up. There's a little bit inside of each one of us. And I know it. But the prejudice thoughts, preconceived opinion, not based on facts. So if I'm at the store and I'm going to grab a bag of Oreos, are we grabbing great value? Not a chance. Those are trash. Nabisco makes the only Oreo that tastes good. I don't buy that off-brand cheap stuff. That's my prejudice. When Emily buys paper towels, she always buys the great value and not the bounty or whatever the good brand is. Like, you can't pay the dollar extra. But that's what, in our minds, I'm like, I think, it's not based on fact. They're not any worse. They complete the same job. In my mind, it's worse if it's cheaper. I'm, I'm paying full price and I'm getting the quality. Look at some of these things. I'm talking about prejudice, stereotypes, or biases. We walk down the street. We're walking in Walmart. Person of color has a hood on, baggy hoodie, walking in Walmart, down the milk aisle, and we think he's going to rob this place. Or it's just 36 degrees outside and it's cold. (laughs) Can we not believe the best? Can we not see past the prejudice that we may have? Okay, we see a white person walking down the street, tatted up, head, neck to toe. I mean, arms, sleeves on his legs. We're like, man, that dude is in a gang for sure. He's about to, he's, he's rough. Or he just loves art, specifically arm art. And he's got some money, you know? Dude loves some good arm art. Listen, I just want to focus on there's thoughts that we have and we don't even think about it that are a little bit prejudiced and discriminatory. We all jump to conclusions. What happened if we just believed the best in the people around us? And didn't jump to assumptions or jump to conclusions just based on what people look like, act like, or what we've experienced in the past. I've got a palm tree here. Some of you have been wondering what it's here for. Um, so I have a couple pictures up here. And I want you to tell me what kind of tree this is. Very good, class. Okay, next picture. Somebody said pecan, yeah. Yeah, my boy knows this pecan tree. Okay, how did, how did you know that these trees were apple and pecan? 
Because of their fruit. Okay, 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 okay. So in order for this plant to get the fruit on top of the tree, what does it have to have? It's got to have the roots. Without the roots, the tree will not grow the fruit. I'm about to preach it, y'all. I'm telling you, we've got to take care of the root. Racism is not the root issue. It's the fruit. Some of y'all just trying to be like, take care, of the, to take care of the fruit, chop that limb off, get rid of the fruit on the tree. Guess what? It's going to grow back. It's going to come back next season. It's going to come back next year. Next time you get frustrated, it's going to come back. We have to take care of the root. And you may be asking, okay, what, well, what's the root of racism? I'm going to go through a couple really quick. The root of racism could be insecurity. If we're insecure, it causes us to compare our life, who we are, to other people. This is what comparison is. Bringing others down or elevating yourself, neither honors God. I don't know anybody that can be insecure and uplift other people. There's no way. So if there's racist tendencies in us, maybe it's because we're insecure. Or maybe it's because of our upbringing. And this is where I do not want you to feel condemnation. Because I grew up in Cabot, Arkansas, where there was less than 1% people of color in that city. And I grew up in a city that the town next to us had probably 1% white people. That's the, that's the area I grew up in. In 2004. I'm around it. All day. And I don't even know. I'm learning it. I'm watching shows on it. I'm learning from the things that I, that I hear said. How many of you have ever seen a... How many of y'all are little life workers? Come on, all right. How, how many racist people in y'all's classrooms? Zero. Because they haven't learned to be racist. They haven't learned the differences. They haven't learned what creates the division in groups of people. So I'm saying the root could be your upbringing. The root could be your pride. All pride does is puff up. It cares nothing about other people. Pride says I'm better than them. I'm white, I'm better than them. I'm black, my, my group, I'm Asian, whatever it may be. I'm, I'm better than them. Pride will puff you up. In the root, I guarantee you, all of racism is because of the root of sin. If you want to know the real root, the deepest root, the biggest root, it's because we are sinful people. And as we look to God's word, as we dive into what he has for us, as we adapt, adopt the lifestyle of Jesus Christ, we will learn to build unity, to build others up, to eliminate the roots of racism, there is nothing more unifying than the cross of Christ. We've got to look to that. Racism grieves the heart of man because of the pain it creates. How many of y'all, I don't want you to raise, show by a raise of hands, how many of y'all hurt when your friends hurt because of this topic? I know you do. I've talked to a lot of you. 
it breaks the heart of God. As you sit in your dorm room or in your house or with your friends and you're weeping, God is with you. I'm telling you, it hurts the heart of God. I can prove it to you. Genesis 1, 26-27 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them male and female. He created them. This word in the Greek, I believe it's the Greek, is imago Dei. Made in, made in God's image. Listen, we were each made in His image. He made man and Eve. We are all of the same family. As we're made in God's image, if we tend to picture ourselves or someone else differently than that, it is a sin. God originally created one race, human race. If we see people differently than God sees it, it's a sin. We were made in his, in his image. Toni Morrison is a, uh, a black female author. She said this, There is no such thing as race. None. There is just a human race. But then after I read that quote, I, I, I think to myself and I say, when God looks down on us, or as he's walking around with us, however you want to look at it, what does he see? Like, I wonder what God sees when he sees all of us. Does he see, like, well, this group of people here and then this group of people over here? And I don't have an answer for that, but I don't think he does. He sees his people, a broken, sinful people in need of him and who he wants relationship with. That's how he sees you and I. And I want to start with Galatians 3.28 as we jump into the fruit of unity. What is the root of unity? Just like we've addressed the fruit of racism, we're going we're gonna to look at the fruit of unity. If unity is the fruit that we see up top, what's down low that's going to help us build unity? Galatians 3.28. This is neither, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is, this, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The fruit of unity. Point number one. The root of unity is Christ-centered identity. I'm going to go through these really fast. So if you're taking notes, I would advise you just write the verse reference because I'm going to fly through these really quick. Christ-centered identity. I said it before. The cross is the, is the only unifying thing we can grab onto. 1 Corinthians 12.12 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. Romans 3.23. I'm going to skip to that one. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People... All of us, every one of us, are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life. Man, Jesus died for you and me. He died for every single person. He didn't exclude anybody because of the way that they look, the way that they act, their sin issues. 
He died for everybody. Every single person. What's going to cause unity is when we realize our identity in Christ and start seeing other people the way God sees them and when we start seeing us the way God sees us. That's a root of unity. The second is a root of unity is love. 1 John 4, 19-21 says, We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. A perfect example of how this operates, speaking of unity and loving one another, sacrificing for one another, is marriage. Imagine if for a year... I didn't show Emily any attention. I didn't celebrate her birthday. I didn't, I didn't encourage her. I, I just kind of, I played golf all the time. I did the things I wanted to do. Like how many of you would, our unity would be garbage. We would not be connecting. We wouldn't have relationship. But if you flip all of those, and I do focus on her, I, I, I value her. I tell her how good, good she's doing. I encourage her. I, look, I pay attention to her love languages. I, I celebrate her birthday. <laughs> like, I don't know why I picked that. but <laughs> Like, she's going to feel valued. We have to learn to love people well. And this is one of the things that, as I've already told you, this is one of the things that I'm really working to do. If you have unconditional love with your friendships and your relationships, we will see unity. Unconditional. Not because they're doing what's right. Not because you got to pay them back for something they did for you. Unconditional love. How do we love? Listen more than you speak. Don't try to prove a point. Prove that you care. We love people by the way we protect them. Stand up for them. We love people by the way we prioritize them. We love people by the way we honor them when they're in front of us and not in front of us. We love people by being there for them. Nelson Mandela said, No one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. If we can learn to hate, we can learn to love. Another, another root of unity is perseverance. Colossians 3, 13-14. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Unity is not something we will just stumble upon. You can't go buy it at Kroger. You're not going to be able to text a friend, hey, we're unified, bro. Don't worry worry about it. Like, this is a daily, sacrificial unity. It took Jesus, he spent three years on earth. He's constantly unifying, even now, his people. This is not something, the cross is the most unifying. That's what unified us in an instant. But some of us, have to, we will have to work at being unified with other people. So how do we do that? Continue to have conversations with people. Con- continue to be educating yourself. 
do you hang out with people who aren't like you? Perseverance. What will you do today to build unity? Ask yourself that every day. The root of unity is humility. This is where the Lord has been wrecking me. Because I told you earlier, pride puffs up. All it does is care about oneself. When we're humble, man, I think of the, uh, of the example that Jesus set when he walked this earth. He was literally God on earth. Could do anything. Yet he chose humility. Humility could look like I'm not better than them. Humility could look like, you, you know what? Man, they are better in me than, than me in some of these areas. Humility could look like there is a chance I could be a little prejudiced. There's a chance that there's something in me that, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to show me? God, show me where I've missed it. Highlight these areas. Proverbs eleven twelve says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs thirteen ten, where there is strife, where there is fighting, there is pride. Proverbs sixteen eighteen, pride goes before destruction. And last, the root of unity is grace. One thing I know is that as we walk through and really as we, as we strive to, to build unity in our culture and today in the church, in this community, we're going to need grace. We've got to have it. I want you to think, I'm going to read this verse, James 4, 6, but he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you're proud but continually pours out grace when you are humble. I want you to imagine your life without the grace of God. I just want you to think about it. Where would you be if the grace of God had not kept you, had not been with you, had not guided you, had not pulled you out of relationships, had not moved you from that school to this school, had not protected you from these friends that you once had, but now you have a totally different set of friends that builds you up. The grace of God is so sufficient for us. What if you didn't have the grace? We would be lost. Guys, we need the grace. And just as much as we need grace, think of how much we need to extend grace. None of you will get it perfect. Not one of you. The Bible tells us that. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us will get it perfect. We have to be quick to give grace. Colossians 3.13, it says... Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith. Hello. Forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven by Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. Man, each of us need the grace. 
And these five roots are just five roots that I've, in my time with the Lord, have come up with that I know will lead to, to unity. But again, I want to tell you, unity is on me. Each one of us in the room. I'm not just saying unity and elevation for the people in this room that when we hang out or see each other, we're going to be cool. I'm talking about a life-changing, world-shattering, culture-dominating unity. That's what I'm talking about. Not this cute word that we say at church. I'm talking about real unity. One that loves through really hard times. One that puts down what you're doing to rush over to those who are in need. Setting aside what I want and what I feel for the sake of showing up. As I was praying this week about the message, I'm done with the plant. I'm moving on now. Imagine, hold your hand out like this, like you're holding something. I got this picture clear as day. You're holding a brick. And the Lord in my prayer time said, listen, every single day you wake up, you can do one of two things. You're going to help build bridges or you're going to help build walls. And if we wake up and we intentionally, the only way you can build a bridge is intentionally. We're going to walk over. We're going to start building that bridge through the root of unity. But it's easy to build walls. You can do that by yourself. You can build your wall up. Let pride soak in it. Let the things that you're you're wrestling with just kind of control your thoughts. But I just want to ask you, what are you going to what are you going to use your brick to do? What are you going to use your brick to do? So right now, we're going to take just a few minutes and I'm going to pray for us. But then we're going to spend about two minutes or so, three minutes or so, just sitting. And I have two questions I want, I want you to write down and I want you to pray and ask God what you want to leave here with tonight. What He wants you to leave here with tonight. The first question is, where do I need to repent? Repent's not a bad word. Repent's just, hey Lord, I realize that I've been wrong in this area. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn towards you and I'm going to, I'm going to run after the things of you. And then second, of these steps towards unity that we just talked about, which is the Lord challenging you with the most that's going to lead you to building the bridge? Elevation, if I can be honest with you, we can do this. You've got this. This is the, one of the most unified generations I've seen. But in order to, to lead people into unity, it's going to take intentionality. Prayerful petition. Asking God to move on the hearts of our friends. Speaking up when we know we need to speak up. And this is not the end. This, this is not a cure message. This is not, oh, Band-Aid, we're good. Like, let's go ahead and head on out of here. We talked about it at Women's, or the, for the girls. 
We talked about it tonight. We're going we're gonna to talk about it next semester. This wasn't even planned. But man, the Lord moves in some crazy ways. And we had to do it. So tonight I want you to ask those two questions. And I'm going to pray for us right now.